Hello, and welcome to Self-Taught Devs. If this is your first time joining us, this is a podcast where two self-taught developers discuss the learning and growth experience for folks just getting into the industry. My name is Eric Winklespecht. And I'm Matt Ehrlich. And today we're going to be discussing the topic of community, which uh, we think is extremely important for anybody trying to make the career change into tech or any career change in general. Um, we've spoken about it a couple of times, uh, I think in a few different episodes, but never really at length. Uh, but we also have a guest with us. We have Chris Kim. And if you know, if you followed uh, Tech Tank, if you've seen any of the panel discussions there, uh, phenomenal host of the Tech Tank panel discussions. Chris, you want to give us a, a little bit of an intro for you, how you got started with, let's start, about, start with Tech Tank. Let's start, let's start there. Yeah, sure. Um, so... Tech Tank is um, this wonderful community that's been kind of growing in both the virtual space and um, our, our, like most of us, including myself, we're based in Toronto in Canada. Um, so we have um, in-person networking sessions. Um, we have different social events as well. Um, it kind of grew uh, from this place of, um, you know, hoping for people that were entry level junior developers to have like a really safe space to kind of connect with one another. Um, started very small, didn't, did never really think that it was gonna become anything big. We just literally needed a place to um, chat with one another um, that wasn't Discord. Personally, I'm just not a big fan of the Discord UI and LinkedIn wasn't, you know, very intuitive to just like do group messaging and things like that. So um, yeah, started pretty small. Um, and then we started having more people kind of wanting to join um, because, you know, everybody, I think at the end of the day, um, especially, you know, like doing a career change is, you know, I'm sure both of you have faced, like it's probably one of the hardest things that we've ever done. Mm -hmm. It's super mentally taxing. Um, you know, for me personally, it's like, I don't think I've ever hit that low of a point in my entire life of thinking like you know feeling completely worthless like feeling all of those like really bad feelings and i think um everybody was kind of going through some sort of that especially with you know like hiring freezes um you know all these like difficulties um in the tech industry so um yeah i think people started kind of coming organically together um which was you know really really magical and we 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 didn't think that you know um it was going to turn into something so big and helpful and supportive to other people but yeah i mean now we have um a really flourishing um slack community um we're uh, like close to i think 300 people in the slack group um and in there it's uh we we have um like the different panel discussions, you know, that we offer uh, that Eric mentioned before. Um, we have uh, a mentorship program. We have a, um, what's the word? Uh, um, like a job search accountability buddy type of program, you know, people post jobs in there. Um, and that's where we decide to like, you know, have, have social hangouts. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things that like people post about, um, and it's a solid community in there. We also have a meetup group and we do virtual events and um, as well as in-person events once a month. Um, and yeah, uh, and we're uh, on LinkedIn as well. How long That's has Tech Tank been going for now? Um, I believe, so we actually didn't start as Tech Tank. Um, that name I think came about in, 
I want to say like March or something. That's when like we renamed and like rebranded and everything. But prior to, um, uh, it was just me and one other person and we called it the dev wears Prada. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, um, that I believe was, we made that Slack group in like, I want to say December of last year. Um, but I think we started probably getting more active around January, February ish of this year. That's such an important and great community to start because it's so lonely when you first start out, there's so much information and mm -hmm. it could feel like you're all alone and you're not, mm -hmm. um, like a part of a group and the problems that you're facing are solely just, um, basically with you and you might feel like okay, well, what's wrong with me? What's what's going on here? Why am I not figuring this out? So I think it's really important that uh, you started a community like that. Are those some feelings that you faced? And um, was that the reason why you created the group? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think, so I am a boot camp grad. Um, and I think the reason that this came about so quickly and I was so passionate about like forming this group initially was, um, so there, there were some issues with the boot camp that I attended and, um, you know, right now it no longer really is, a boot, um, uh, running anymore. So I think there was a period of time when there was this mass confusion with people that attended my boot camp, and, um, a lot of people were feeling lost. A lot of people were feeling defeated, like including myself, because, you know, some of the services that we were promised um, wasn't really um, given to us. Um, so I think because all of that, you know, I, I had a lot of feelings and I was like, it, it gave me kind of the instigator to um, do something about it. Um, I don't think, you know, if I had a, um, I guess if I felt like there was a more solid community, um, that I got through my boot camp, then I probably wouldn't have made this community. I think. I think it was just like there were feelings of things that you know I I wanted to um, feel like I belonged somewhere, and I I wanted you know all of my friends who were also going through the same feelings to kind of have a more solid place where they can go to and talk to each other. And I knew there were so many people out there, you know, like you know, like through LinkedIn, you know, there's, there's thousands of us out there who are, who are, you know, sometimes lost. Um, and I think at the end of the day, everyone just wants to feel like they're supposed to be here, that they made the right decision. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of like a, a good place where people can find, um, other people who's been through the same thing, essentially. Mm -hmm. It's uh it's an interesting story to hear. And I know you and I spoke about it once before about, you know, your boot camp and the the unfulfilled promise and kind of where that left you standing and feeling. And, you know, a lot of people experience that even when those boot camps are, are boot camps are still operational, mm -hmm. right? Like there's still a lot out there who make promises about job fulfillment or assistance with placement. And, you know, those promises aren't guarantees necessarily, or maybe they fall short. Um, so, you know, the motivation's there to do something about it, but it's always interesting to hear too. And I want to hear more about how you actually got it started because we're all just kind of, you know, whoever we are, and then we start doing a thing. 
right? Like yeah. either we're starting to try to make a career change or we start doing a podcast or we start posting on LinkedIn, right? And kind of gain some kind of following. What was the process like of, of starting? You said there was some, you know, rebranding going on and stuff, but um, what, what, uh, what was that like to get it up and running for you? Uh, yeah, I think like the short answer to that is I met some great people along the way. I think, you know, when we initially started, it was just a space where we can collaborate on working on side projects together. Um, I think we did some like pair programming sessions, doing lead code questions and stuff like that. Like very, um, you know, just just a space to communicate. Like I think we had under 10 people initially. Um, and then I had some, um, you know, one of my friends, um, I'm, you, you're probably both connected to him. His name is Sammy. Um, him, yeah, we both went to the same, we were in the same cohort in the boot camp. Um, he came on, he's also very, um, I think at a certain point, him and I, you know, I think January, February, like we went to an in-person networking event together, like two, three times a week. Like it was insane. Um, but, you know, um, I started like hanging out with him more and, um, you know, he, he got interested in like kind of bringing people together as well. Um, so he came on um, and he was really helpful in kind of like um, starting some kind of agenda to figure out, okay, like what are the different networking events that are going on in the city right now? So we we got like a list together and we still have that initiative going on. Like we we post like every week, you know, there's like a list of all the different events in person and virtual that people can attend. Um, so that was like one of the initiatives that started and then people wanted to go to these networking events together, right? Because, you know, sometimes if you go to some go to an event and you're completely alone, you don't know anyone, um, it could feel a lot more daunting um, than, you know, if you go with people and you already have people that you can kind of talk to, um, you know, that makes you more, more, more comfortable and more at ease in like, you know, gaining connections beyond that. So yeah, that was kind of one of the first initiatives, I believe. Um, and then um, along the way, uh, there was an in-person networking event in Toronto called React Plus Native. It's run by uh, this wonderful person named Riaz. Um, and so we went to that event and at the end we had an opportunity to like chat with them more. And so we went out for drinks and then we became friends and, uh, and he's been an engineer like for over 10 years and, and things like that. And, and he's, you know, very well versed in like running in person, um, tech talks and things like that. So we stayed connected for like a couple of months and then him and his wife, Nia, uh, they both kind of run the events together. They actually saw that our community tech tank was growing and we had these like virtual initiatives going on and you know i'm very much like one of the things that i do for a lot for the community is like promotion right so i write all of the linkedin posts all the slack posts all the like meetup posts and things like that so he was wondering if we can kind of combine forces to um, have those in-person networking events go under the tech tank umbrella um, and then i can help with the promotions and things like that so once they got on board i mean they've already had experience in you know running these types of events then i think that's when things got really really strong and i think that was you know proven right you know once that once I, uh, we started doing the promo as well like usually um, at those in-person events i think we typically had between like 40 to like 70 people usually show up for a networking event. The first one that we collaborated with on, that was in September, we had over 125 people show up. 
Um, so yeah, it was, it was, you know, so wonderful. And it was just like a really great feeling because it's like, okay, I guess we're doing something right. People want this community and people wanted to know more. You know, I remember going around that evening and asking people how they found out about us. And, and, and for most people, it was very organic. You know, people found us through LinkedIn, people found us by just searching on meetup.com or like through word of mouth, which tells me, okay, like people are looking for things like this, right? Like this is going to be helpful and we're doing a good thing. Yeah, I find it really interesting that um, sometimes I, I hear folks say like, there's nothing in my area there's nothing going on. It's like a kind of like a wasteland around here when it comes to meetups. And you kind of just, you made your own and you saw that there was, there was a need and there were people there who also maybe felt the same way. Right. And um, you started that yourself. So maybe that is kind of like a sign to saying, Hey, if there is a need and, and you feel this way about your community, maybe other people feel that way too, which I think is really important. And so when it comes to the in-person events, how how are they run? I've been to a few networking events and it's, a lot of them are, are run different ways. Um, so mm -hmm. some might just be like, hey, we're going to show up at this bar, you know, kind of do your own thing, talk to whoever. Some have like presentations. Mm -hmm. um, so how is uh, like the in-person meetups for a tech tank run? Uh, yeah, so our meetups, one of the, one of my favorite things about it is, that we only have one main presentation. And I think sometimes when I've gone to different types of networking events, they would have like three or four different presenters in a row. By the last presentation, I am, you know, I can't focus at all. You know, what, you know, it's, it's just going out the other ear. So I think for us, the main purpose is networking. So when people first start coming, we have pizza, we have drinks, um, I think people are just doing casual networking for a good 45 minutes to an hour. And then we have the, the presentations with a little bit of intro and, and um, mention of the company sponsor. Um, and the presentation usually like about 30, 40 minutes max with like a 10, 15 minute question period. And then afterwards, we uh, have, uh, you know, finish up networking, clean up of the office, and, and then we always go out for drinks after. Um, to continue the conversation um, if people want to further connect and stuff. Yeah. So I think, yeah, for us, like the biggest uh, intention for the meetups is for people to meet other people. And a lot of people come to our events looking for jobs. So there's always in, at the very beginning um, of the presentation, Riaz always has people raise their hand if they're looking for positions and they're allowed to give like a, you know, like a, 15, 30 second, like elevator pitch, depending on how many people um, put their hand up, of course, but you know, it's like, then we also have a space for people who are hiring to present their case as well. A lot of the times the offices that do sponsor us have positions themselves. So um, we've definitely seen situations where, you know, people who attended that were looking for jobs were able to kind of either secure or like further the connection with the, the companies that were actually sponsoring us win-win situation for everyone. That's really cool. It's really nice to have a space there to just make sure those interactions are a little more guided, I guess, right? Like you kind of said up front, sometimes it's just a little bit weird to go to one of those events and feel like you don't know how to start a conversation with somebody or, or don't know how to approach somebody for that conversation. Uh, can I ask you a little bit more about, or ask you to talk about the online events that you, that you host? 
because uh, I know you do a, a number of panel discussions. I think those are really interesting. And I mean, for folks that hear this that aren't in the area to go to the in-person events, the the online events are way more accessible. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk to us a little more about those and, and kind of what you enjoy about those versus your in-person? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the in-person events came about like several months later. And I, I think I actually pr- probably forgot to mention, but like, the reason I started doing the virtual panel discussions were because I felt that most of the presentations or spaces to, to chat about tech and about, you know, whatever that comes along with, like working in our industry, were not very accessible to junior developers. Um, I thought that a lot of the presentations that were given were often by people that already had experience and it was for people that had experience as well. So um, I really wanted to make the point of these virtual panel discussions to be created by and to be discussed by people that were junior um, and and entry level and the target audience was the same. So we can basically help each other. So the first one that we had, it was actually um, a proposal from one of my friends um, who actually, her, her name's Britt. She was um, one, of the, the, one of the first panelists um, and we called it, I made it through this hellscape called job search panel, like very mm-hmm. literal, but we kept the name because we thought it was funny and it would um, you know, get some people because that's literally what it, it feels like sometimes, right? It's, 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 it's a hellhole, it's, it's really, really, really difficult. And so we wanted to kind of create a space where people could feel hopeful that that uh, it was possible for them, right? Because I mean, sometimes it's, you know, some people are able to secure jobs in like a month or two, whereas I think typically in this um, climate right now, it'll take you at least one year, one and a half years, two years, you know, so, but so I think one of the things that I saw happening a lot were people that were giving up, giving up during their search, because if like the, the the process just felt completely hopeless to them and and rightfully so because it does feel hopeless like it is really really hard so i think the intention of those virtual talks was like okay you know what we can do this here are some examples of people that have done it this is what we did you can try the same thing or you can you know use use take what we um, mentioned and you can modify. So that was kind of the intention for those. So a lot of the virtual talks that that I, you know, brought people together for were like topics that people around me were actually interested about. Um, a lot of them have to do with networking. A lot of them has to do with um, networking through LinkedIn, networking in person, how to go about like reaching out and connecting with other people, you know, coffee chats. And one of the ones we had recently was about learning, you know, embracing continuous learning. I think that was a really great topic. And yeah, we have a, another one coming up on Wednesday, October 18th. This one's slightly more towards like people that are junior level that are hoping to kind of get into that next level of like mid, mid-level, intermediate-ish. So um, we have that coming up. But yeah, a lot of it, it, like the topics that I try to come up with are all for people that are either starting out fresh or um, are having trouble getting into getting their foot into the door. It, it is so important to create these spaces for people just getting into this sort of work. I noticed that when I go to a lot of in-person meetups, I sometimes face those issues where it's like, these are very like extremely advanced concepts. And I, you know, back then was just, just like the beginner and I have no idea what's going on. And even when I first started on LinkedIn, I felt like 
I don't even know if I should join these conversations because I don't want to look stupid. I don't even want to ask a stupid question. So I think it's awesome that you're creating that space with other people who are maybe just getting into the industry to sort of say like, hey, uh, it's okay to talk about these things. A lot of us have been through it before. What are some, if there are any sort of like common concepts or topics that come up amongst like newer folks just getting into the industry? I think one of the things that I, I notice a lot that people message me about or they struggle with a lot is it, it has to do with networking, but you know, people know how to connect with people now, I think initially, but they're curious about, for example, you know, how do you actually make that into a solid relationship where people will actually like start to help you out, right? So it's like if you connect with someone on LinkedIn initially and introduce yourself, that's all fine and dandy, but you know, you got to take that to the next level to you know, make that into something. So people, I think, are concerned about that, wanting to get better in in terms of creating genuine relationships. I think one of the things that um, I, I, I try to make sure people um, understand is all the relationships that you form on LinkedIn or outside of LinkedIn, you know, it's, it's always a given. There, there needs to be like a give and take relationship, right? I think if someone makes it really, really obvious that it's like, okay, the only reason I'm connecting with you is because I want a referral and I want a job. And you are, you know, you're just someone in that that could potentially help me. I think that like that comes across so clear. Um, and a lot of the times we, um, I think just like by instinct, it's like, okay, I don't really want to like, I, I, I don't want really want to help this person because obviously they're, they're, they're just in it for the job. So yeah, I, I, I try to talk a lot about that. Yeah. And I think another thing that people um, kind of get stuck in, in my opinion, is sometimes people think they're just not ready for a job and which is probably true. I think a lot of us who went to a boot camp who are self-taught are probably not ready for a job, technically speaking, but what they kind of get into is this mentality that, okay, because I'm not ready, I'm not going to network. I'm not going to post anything on LinkedIn. All I'm going to do is just study, 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 get really, really good at lead code. And then they do that for like six months or whatever, however long they don't have any connections. And I think that's, and then, so people are so focused on, it's like, okay, what do I need to learn right now? What is the hottest thing? What is, you know, th that's marketable for me. So they're way too focused on the learning aspect and not enough on pu actually putting themselves out there. It's, it's definitely eye-opening, right? When you kind of put yourself out there and hear more of the we'll call we'll call them opinions or advice from folks out there who um, some are very outspoken about what they think everybody should be doing to land that first job and other folks are a little more um, careful about how they give their advice and opinions but it's confusing right and then we have folks who focus on the wrong things like you're saying maybe they just kind of clam up and just go into the one specific technical focus they can go into for a long time because I think leak code is going to be super important mm -hmm. Uh, debatable, right? Um, but you know, having that community space to talk about this kind of stuff to other people, hopefully they get a little bit more exposure to other folks doing different things and can maybe sway away from that incorrect hyper focus a little mm -hmm. bit more, right? Could we talk a little bit about your experience? Because you know, you you said you went through a boot camp, right? And you know, you had your experience there. Um, I would love to talk more about why you got into code, why you decided to go through bootcamp, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then let's kind of learn more about you. Yeah, sure. So I think for me, my, it was actually a very spontaneous decision. 
and I don't want anyone to like learn from this. Like nobody should have like do this spontaneously. It was just, but <laughs> so I, in my past life, I, I was a high school teacher. I have, I've, um, I, my training was in music. So I was a high school music teacher for a few years. And I honestly got into it because I was completely burnt out from teaching. And I think, you know, there were a few months, like, I think during the pandemic slightly, um, every day I was asking myself, like, why am I doing this? Why am I working so hard? And I was like, actually completely miserable. So, <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't find an answer to that, that question, like, why am I doing this? Um, and so that's when I knew, okay, like maybe I should try to look for something else because I don't want the next 10 years for me to wake up um, feeling this burnt out and feeling like I have nothing left to give. I guess, fortunately, the first thing that, you know, I remember Googling like different career paths, you know, just, just like pure Google, like what, what is an easy job to get it or something like that. I don't remember exactly what my terms were. One of my friends from university, he is a, um, a software engineer. He does mobile development. And I remember like hanging out with him this one time and I was, talking to him about how miserable I was. And then here he was talking about like how much time he has and how he's like, you know, learning guitar on the side. And I was like, wow, I hate you so much. <laughs> so there was a part of me that like kind of wanted to explore that career path, like out of spite. And so I started looking into it. I decided that at the end of the school year, I was just going to enroll in like a very basic, like intro to web dev, like HTML, CSS type of thing, just to get my feet wet. So I did that the, the day after school was out, I started that course. Um, I think it was like a two, three week course. And it was easy because it's HTML, CSS, like it was very accessible and it was fun. And I was like, okay, I kind of like this. And then at that time I chatted with um, one of my friends and her partner who was also a musician, um, apparently went to this boot camp and he had just landed um, this job, this remote job, and he was really enjoying it. And so I looked into the boot camp and I remember I called up some of my teacher friends and I asked them for an opinion. And I was like, I have this very spontaneous, crazy idea of not returning back to school in September, but just deciding to do this boot camp. What do you think? And I asked a few people around and everyone told me, that I should just go for it because there was nothing to lose. So I just went for it. And thankfully it worked out because I think, I think, yeah, I think for me, um, I still think like, you know, technically speaking, I don't know if I'm, I'm not, a, I don't think I'm a good coder. You know, I, I can get by, I'm okay. But I, I think the reason I was able to make it through was like really the people that were around me and you know the the community um was super helpful and just like being able to be amongst people that were like really supportive and helpful along the way i think that's what helped me um kind of make it to where i am today thank you for listening to the self-taught devs podcast if you appreciate what we do and want to help support the show we're now on patreon can find us at patreon.com forward slash self-taught devs pod your contribution not only allows us to keep making episodes like this but you'll also get a monthly newsletter from matt or eric get access to the self-taught devs discord server where you can help shape the direction of the show by providing feedback or topic suggestions and you can even get a special monthly episode exclusively for our patreon supporters that's patreon.com forward slash self-taught devs pod all one word 
I think a lot of us share the same kind of story where we're kind of moving away from something instead of moving towards something, right? So maybe your your previous career, it's just, it's not for you and you just want to get away from that. And um, I think it's important to share that story. And so you graduate your bootcamp. How does that lead to the first developer role that you got? Yeah. So I remember like the first week I finished boot camp, I was like brute forcing my way to making, you know, sending just a bajillion applications, sending like curated cover letters, you know, at that point I wasn't really active on LinkedIn. I think it was just resume cover letter, just like sending like 20 whatever applications a day, um, sending like emails and, and whatnot. Um, and I didn't really get a lot of traction with that. So I started like vamping up my LinkedIn, you know, listening to some of the advice that I found on there about like how to connect with people. So, um, I think as soon as I started doing that, I got a lot more um, action and I was able to connect with, or like, you know, figure out who to connect with, like who are the right people to creep and like how to send the right messages and things like that. So I think from that, I was able to uh, get a number of interviews from really cool places. Um, and I think I, I had this one interview, I think three weeks out of boot camp. I was completely unprepared for it, of, of course, because I, you know, because I knew nothing. And then I think I went to like the fourth or fifth round, which, um, and that last round was a, a live coding in-person technical interview. And I completely bombed it. I was, I think I was like traumatized for like a week. <laughs> but I think after that, I realized, okay, this is what I am really terrible at. And I need to like really vamp up on how to, you know, like just do a live be be okay and not panic in a live coding situation. So I started practicing live coding a lot. And I mean, it's not like it wasn't even leak code, like very simple stuff. I think the content really doesn't matter, but it's really about, you know, your attitude. Do you know how to ask the right questions? Um, do you know how to like talk about things um, in a step by and, and then I think it's about like staying calm, which is really hard. It's a, it's an interview for God's sakes. But you know, I think the more interview, uh, the more ex, um, practice you have doing that. So um, I started like meeting with like mentors or like asking people to like, just meet with me on zoom for like 20 minutes and ask me a question. Um, so I started doing that, like, on a regular basis. And I think, you know, that really helped me kind of get better at that like technical um, live interview stage. Um, and then during that time, I was also doing a lot of coffee chats. Um, like my personality is like all or nothing. I think um, like in December, December, January, I think I was like doing like, I don't know, like at least like two to three coffee chats a day, which was overkill. Nobody should do that, but just, you know, that's what I was doing. And then during, you know, those coffee chats, I, I, I was able to form like really close relationships and bonds with like some people who for some reason was very happy to help me. So I, I think one of them, she, you know, I, I, we chatted like in December and then she offered to like, look at my portfolio, you know, and she offered to like help me practice mock interviews, which was, yeah. I, and then 
a few months later, she told me that there was like a freelance opportunity at her work and asked if I wanted to, you know, get that position or uh, like interview for the position. So that's how that my first my first role um, at Top Hat. That's that's how that came to be. Um, I'm forever grateful to her because, you know, that's that's like she was the first person that like I think believed in me for no reason whatsoever. And then, yeah, similarly, I think my position right now at Cohere I started as an intern. Yeah, I, I connected with someone again on LinkedIn. Um, for some reason, they were okay to, you know, support me and like help me along the way. So also like did some like mock interviews with her. And yeah, I was able to kind of connect with the right people at my current company to get that interview. And all the practice that I did with like uh, mock interviews and stuff, it kind of paid off. So yeah, that's, that's how um, I started working at my co- company right now. Chris, is there anything that you want to generate a conversation around because I know we've been asking a lot of questions here and I think we've got a lot of really awesome information from you and you know it's been nice to learn more about you and how you you know got started with tech tank and all that but what's on your mind um yeah I mean speaking of like you know I'm curious about what your thoughts on um or uh, your experience in in you know developing this community as well Uh, both of you have this like um online presence right now um how has that kind of like impacted your um you know um, your ability to like to further engage or just like your, your overall thoughts about, and, and maybe some things that you wish for, um, like, I'm not sure how, how much of an in-person, um, networking, um, events type that you're able to attend where you are and things like that. For me, I just saw that, um, I fell into those beginner pitfalls of like, okay, I want to learn more about this type of career. So I'm going to go on YouTube. Oh, a lot of people on YouTube are saying that they got into this job in three months. That's uh, maybe what I should expect, right? And so I start learning and I realize it's not easy. Like this stuff is hard and I'm feeling you know, pretty bad because I'm not getting it right away. And I'm not having this experience that a lot of other people are talking about. And so I decided like, well, I mean, I might look stupid, but I'm just going to say the opposite of what a lot of these folks are saying out here, which is like, I'm not getting it right away. And a lot of people really resonated with that. And I was like, wow, so maybe there's others out there that are experiencing the same sort of thing. And what I really enjoy is just sharing those stories. Um, I I want people to feel like they're they're part of a community and they're not like singled out and I don't want them to feel like they're stupid because they're not. It's just like, this is not an easy thing to do. And so like, I, I take a lot of pride in that. And that actually, it makes me feel really good to know that um, we're sharing that information that other people can use. And we're having people on our show who share that story as well. So they can further talk about that sort of thing. Yeah, I think, you know, for both of us, it kind of started from a place of like, how do we help out? the other folks that are doing the same kind of thing, right? And what what can we do that's valuable? I don't know. I never really felt like anybody, you know, I'm still like that. I'm just like, I just have a microphone. We have a platform sure that we just started. We just started doing a thing, you know, when you talk about the podcast specifically. Um, But it's been super nice because a lot of people reach out and say, you know, that they enjoy what we do, that they feel really validated with the, the conversations that we have. And like the biggest thing that I appreciate about the community that we have built with this podcast specifically is like we you know we try to be as open as we can with our own discussions and when our guests come on they're also open with their experiences and people need to hear that kind of stuff you know like like you said matt like people were out there saying all the positive things or all the things like oh I, i'm 
having such success with coding and like it's hard and it's challenging and like those are real discussions that need to be had so people definitely connect with that on the linkedin side of things you know i don't know i've i've done less and less with linkedin over time but it's still there and i still try to post every once in a while mm -hmm. um i think i'll be doing more of that as i get into the job but you know the 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 we haven't you know we don't have an in-person community uh, for this stuff. But I think when you, with your other question of like, what do we wish we could do more with the community side of things? Uh, we always want to increase the interactivity. Mm. You know, and I think that's a little bit of a difficult thing to do when it comes to the podcast specifically, because like sometimes it's hard to collect all the audience in one place for a conversation. You know, we've got, I don't know, I think it's like around a thousand folks on Spotify that are subscribed wow. to us and something like that. And I don't really know the other platforms, but you know, we've got a decent number of folks that are interested in what we talk about and what we do. And we love that. Yeah. And we always love hearing from them. So uh, yeah. more, more of that, please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe who knows, maybe one day, you know, you'll, your subscribers grow even more and you'll do like an in-person live podcast somewhere, like mm -hmm. a live audience. Possible. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think when it came to, um, to LinkedIn, I was, uh, I think what people value the most on there is transparency. Mm -hmm. Um, we could all kind of smell like someone who's kind of fake on there. Um, mm -hmm. And I just wanted to be like, hey, like this is uh, my experience and be really transparent. And I think one of like the most viral posts that I made was me just saying like, listen, I suck at coding. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, because I just started. Like you're supposed to suck at things that you just start. And, um, and, and that was the sort of mindset that I was going to. And I wasn't really focused on building a following, but I think transparency is really valued in the community and, and that's sort of like how we started with some of the things that we talked about and our youtube channels and the podcast it really just came from that place of like transparency yeah yeah i think that's so valuable because i think you know with any sort of t um type of social media people only post the good things right people mm -hmm. only po post their wins people only post you know things that they're proud of um but so I think it's it it takes a lot of I think it takes a lot more effort actually to be transparent um, rather than post something that is like somewhat superficial and fake. Um, that's probably what people appreciate about it. So I think I mean I think it takes a lot of courage to to post about failures, to post about losses, to post about you know the the truth. I think so. That's that's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's it is like a little nerve wracking sometimes, right? Like especially when we first started, because we've been doing this since January, mm. right, of this year. So when we first started, it definitely I I had feelings sometimes of like I'm not trying to go out there and like be an influencer, right? I'm not trying to because the thing about folks that are doing the influencer thing, like to be an influencer, you typically try to make people around you think that you have the answers that they don't have, right? Which is very prevalent in this. In the linkedin community you know you see a lot of posts about people telling you what specific things you should be doing to get your job or like whatever the case might be and you know maybe they're selling a service maybe they're not some of those things are valuable maybe some aren't but you know we've never approached it that way right we've never been like we're going to tell you what to do it's always just been we're just speaking about what we do and if we fail we fail if we have success we have success and we just talk about it uh, and that really I think takes the pressure off a little bit more from doing this kind of thing. 
because you know i'm mad i said a number of times on on the show it's like you're documenting your journey and when you're documenting your journey you're not trying to be something you're not you're just talking about what you do and people connect with that you know maybe you're helping people out that are a few steps behind you and maybe some people that are a few steps ahead of you join in as well and just want to you know they just get invested in what you're doing and and want you to be successful and like all that's just nice i think for us it has always just been about the process of let's just start doing something mm-hmm. and if people connect with it cool and we'll improve what we do over time little by little and not worry about being perfect you know and just you know like tech tank has evolved we evolve mm-hmm. and uh it's just try to make it as fun as you can make it yeah yeah i mean as you're talking about it i i, I was um thinking about you know it's like um yeah it, it's not like there's like an end ultimate goal to all of this Mm-hmm. Um, same for tech tank, you know, you know, everything is organic. Like it, it came from a place where, you know, you think you're hoping to create that community. You're hoping to start those conversations. And I think that's something that is so unique and wonderful about the tech community is we, there's so many people out there who are just making content or like, um, bringing people together from the goodness of their own heart. Like, you know, it's not like we're getting paid to do any of this um, mm. or, you know, it's not like, you know, this is going to give us like that next contract or something like that. Right. You're just doing it because um, you want to give back to the community. Um, but also, you know, I think it, 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 I think it gives us a sense of purpose as well. So yeah, I think, yeah, that's something that I totally appreciate about this tech community. And I, I, I realized um, that, you know, one of the reason I feel like feel this sense of belonging is like, I'm not the only one who feels like this. So many of us want to want to help want to support um, and want to, you know, um, want to help other people who've been who are going through the same thing or very similar things that we're going through. Um, so yeah, I think it's amazing. We we personally talk about this topic a lot, but I'm curious about your opinion on this. Um, what advice would you have for someone who's looking to start putting themselves out there, but maybe um, they might be a little bit afraid and, you know, it could be somebody within the tech tank community, maybe somebody who's not in the tech tank community. Um, how How could they start doing that? To kind of be more part of the community, you mean, or to... to- yeah, so I think you kind of you put yourself out there, and uh, I, actually looking at your LinkedIn profile, right? You're you have a, a you have an online presence, and you have these this group, and you brought it together. Um, how can somebody maybe start something like that on their own? It could just be, um, and it doesn't even have to be that big. Maybe they just want to promote themselves or start talking about some of the things that they're working on. Do you have any advice for someone like that? Yeah, um, I think I think it's like it could be intimidating to start from scratch to to, you know, like have no idea. You know, I think a lot of people are scared to post or, you know, to 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 actually putting themselves out there. It's a lot. You know, there's a record of it and you don't want to get it wrong. You want to, you know, make sure it's seen and recognized by the right people. Um, So I think taking little baby steps um you know start if it's on linkedin for example start making comment like writing comments on on other people's posts i guess um and try to um you know increase presence that way um and i think for example in our slack group i know some sometimes people dm me 
questions. And I think, you know, those questions could be something that people can post in public channels that can further help other people. But I know that sometimes it, it's like, it could be scary to post on a public channel. Um, so um, I think maybe, you know, starting to make make posts or like reach out to reaching out to more people within the group um, and things like that. And, you know, whatever they struggle with, um, like, for example, like for me, like whenever I make a post or like even on Slack or everything, I always write up a draft and I edit my draft. I clean it up. I show it to other people to make sure that it looks OK before I post something. That's just just because like, I don't know, I'm very type A, like I need everything to be perfect kind of person. So, um, yeah, they can practice that. They can practice the writing, um, send it to me if they want to double check and make sure it looks OK. Yeah, I think I think they can take little steps that way. So, Chris, I think this has been an awesome conversation. I want to thank you again for, for hanging out with us and telling us more about you and telling us about Tech Tank. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. I will share some links with you. Um, if they are interested on, if people are interested in hearing more about Tech Tank, we do have a LinkedIn um, page. We have a meetup page. Um, I'm assuming I could share all those links with you later on. Yeah, we'll make sure every every link that you send to us is in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah. And we have a invite link for Slack as well. Um, I'm actually probably on Slack 24 seven. So, so that would be the best way to reach me. But of course, people can connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you, Chris, for everybody listening. If you want to help support the show so we can continue doing what we do, uh, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash self-taught devs pod. If not, keep on listening, share the show with your friends. That helps us out tremendously. Give us a rating and review. For our Patreon subscribers, you get a nice shout out here at the end of the show, as well as some other goodies every month. We want to thank Matt Hoadley, Danielle Arnett, Vanessa Vunn, and Danny McVeigh. Thank you for supporting Self-Taught Devs. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you aren't already, please subscribe. We release a new episode every Friday. If you want to help us grow, please share this show with your network. Check the show notes for all of our links. Reach out and say hi. Email us at selftaughtdevs at gmail.com. If you have a recommendation for a guest or a topic, thank you for listening to Self-Taught Devs.